The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. I have been in a bit of a podcaster's block lately, not because I have too few ideas. In fact, I have a lot of ideas about episodes I want to make, but because the scope of the episodes I want to make are so large that whenever I sit down to actually try to plan one, then it becomes too daunting and then I don't make it. So I think I need to go to the opposite extreme and attempt to make, to break the stalemate by making a bunch, uh, forcing myself to make a bunch of shorter episodes. So what we're going to try to do this week is make five episodes, one each day. And uh, we're going to try to aim for 10 minute episodes instead of 20 minute episodes. And I think what I'm going to start off with, at least for today, I'm not for all five days, is I'm going to go back to the daily Marcus Aurelius. I mean, I've been going through Marcus Aurelius in order from the beginning of book two, and we've taken detours, but uh, we haven't been back to, to where we were at for a while. So let's go back to book five, chapter four. Marcus Aurelius says, I walk in nature's way until I shall lie down and rest breathing my last in this from which I draw my daily breath, and lying down on this from which my father drew his vital seed, my mother her blood, my nurse her milk, from which for so many years I am fed and watered day by day, which bears my footstep and my misusing it for so many purposes. So when I last read this, when I was still doing the daily Marcus Aurelius thing, then I I kind of came up short when I read this particular chapter because I thought to myself, okay, he's just talking about the fact that he's going to continue living until he dies. Like, what's the new idea here? So uh, I put it aside. And then this morning I came back to it. And I think because I had been learning the chapters in the Ramah's Mor Nevuchim, uh, the Guide for the Perplexed, uh, on the topic of evil, uh, then a new thought came up when I read this Marcus Aurelius. So let's set aside the meditations for a second and uh, and go to the Ramam and the Mornavukim. So the context here is, uh, this is the chapter, this is in, in section three, chapter 12, and the Ramam is talking about the three classes of Ra. And the Ra, I'm using the Hebrew word Ra because it is, uh, in Hebrew, it's a very omni-comprehensive term, you know, like, just like the word good is in English. And you could translate the word tov in Hebrew to to uh, good in English. And you could think of many types of good, you know, good as in pleasurable, good as in useful, good as in moral. But for some reason, when you translate ra as bad, it carries a little bit more of a specific connotation. Like you're kind of forced to commit to words like evil, you know, but, but the word ra doesn't have to be morally charged. Ra can mean, it can mean morally evil. It could also mean inferior. It could also mean harmful. It could also mean, uh, refer to corruption or, or, or degradation. It could refer to many different things. So we're going to use the Hebrew word here. So Ramam says there are three and only three types of ra of, uh, in, in the universe. Um, and they are, I'll list them outright before I, I read the part that we're focusing on. Ra, category one is Ra that comes about as as a result of the nature of the physical universe. Two is Ra that we cause to each other through our decision-making, the fact that we have free will and we can use that to harm each other. Three is the Ra that comes about, that we bring about to our own selves due to our own bad decisions. So we're only going to focus on one right now, okay, category one. So this is the Ramam. He says, the first kind of Ra is that which is caused to man by the circumstance that he is subject to coming to be and passing away or that he possesses a body. 
It is on account of the body that some persons happen to have great deformities or paralysis of some of their organs. This Ra may be part of the natural constitution of these persons, or may have developed subsequently in consequence of changes in the elements, for example, through bad air or thunderstorms or landslides. We have already shown that in accordance with the divine wisdom, genesis can only take place through destruction. And without the destruction of the individual members of the species, the species themselves would not exist permanently. Thus, the true kindness and beneficence and goodness of God is clear. He who thinks that he can have flesh and bones without being subject to any external influence or any of the accidents of matter unconsciously wishes to reconcile two opposites, namely to be at the same time subject and not subject to change. If man were never subject to change, there could be no generation. There would be only one single being, but no individuals forming a species. Okay, so just to summarize before we analyze, you live in a physical world. I live in a physical world. The world is, uh, we are physical. And the part of the, the, what makes physical things physical is the fact that they have inherent limitations, right? Take the, the elements on the periodic table. Hydrogen is different than oxygen and has different properties. If hydrogen had the same properties as oxygen, it would be oxygen, right? You, you, you can't, the, 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 that's what makes physical things different. And same thing, what's true of the individual elements is true of things comprised of the elements, that wood is different from plastic, which is different from iron. So you're going to get, in each physical object, you're going to have certain advantages and certain disadvantages. So like take, for instance, if you had a chair that is made out of plastic versus a chair, a throne that's made out of iron. So plastic has certain advantages. It's cheaper. You can, you know, maybe, uh, uh, um, uh, it's, it's lighter. Uh, it is, uh, you know, maybe it's easier to, to work with the mold, but on the other hand, iron also has, uh, advantages is it's more durable. Um, it, uh, it will, you know, it, it can, you know, has different properties in terms of, uh, I don't know, retaining heat or cold. I don't know what properties you want in your iron throne. But the, pro the, the point is that, that you cannot have something which has all the benefits of a plastic chair and all the benefits of an iron chair and none of the detriments of a plastic chair and none of the detriments of an iron chair. Like each type of physical thing will come with its own advantages and disadvantages. Same thing with the physical uh, substances that comprise your body. So let's say you fall and you scrape your knee and you get mad at the raw of a scraped knee uh, and you, and you, you express yourself or you say in your mind, I wish that my knee, uh, you know, that, that, uh, I, I, my knee couldn't get scraped so easily. Well, let's think about that. If your knee didn't get scraped easily, let's say it was made of some other substance like bone, right? Or nails or a hoof, you know? So true, it couldn't get scraped. And that would be advantageous in the sense that you wouldn't tear your skin. But if skin had that property that made it resistant to tears, it also would be resistant to movement, you know, to flexibility. Like you wouldn't be able to move as freely. Or when you grew from a child to an adult, then your growth would have to operate in a completely different way if your skin were rigid and inflexible and, and, and hard, you know. So that's what the Rama means when he says that... Um, where did he say it? He who thinks that he can have flesh and bones without being subject to any external influence or any of the accidents of matter unconsciously wishes to reconcile two opposites, namely to be at the same time subject and not subject to change. And the Raman is stating this as a universal, but what he's actually saying is if you take any Ra in this category, again, the category here is Ra that comes about as a result of the fact that you are physical, as opposed to the other two categories which come about from the fact that you are a being with free will among other beings with free will. Okay, so if you take Ra in this category and you complain about it, 
and you were to trace that complaint down to its roots, you'd ultimately get down to a complaint saying, I wish I weren't physical, <laughs> okay? And it's nice, you could wish that you weren't physical, but but the, what you can't wish for is, I mean, what is irrational to wish for is to wish for things to be physical and not physical simultaneously. And truthfully, you don't wish to be non-physical. You know, you don't really want to uh, to be non-physical, or even if you did, it would be irrational to rec- to wish for for the, you know, to be essentially a physical being that has no limitations. That, that That's a contradiction in terms. That's a square circle. Okay, so what does this have to do with Marcus Aurelius? So when I look back at Marcus Aurelius, then uh, he starts off by talking just about death, but then he segues into, into a different theme. He says, I walk in nature's way. Oh, and remember, by the way, when I read this, this was back when they thought that there were four elements. So all the physical, you know, corporeal substances really were earth in their mind. So here's, let's read it again. I walk in nature's way until I shall lie down and rest, breathing my last in this from which I draw my daily breath, and lying down on this from which my father drew his vital seed, my mother her blood, my nurse her milk, from which for so many years I am fed and watered day by day, which bears my footstep and my misusing it for so many purposes. So he's really highlighting the fact that he is a physical being made of earth, and and he came from the earth, and he's going to return to the earth. And in fact, as I say that, then, you know, I, I was wondering uh, if anyone else was thinking along those lines. In uh, in Bratius 2.7, uh, Genesis 2.7, it says, uh, in the description of man's creation, Hashem, God, fashioned man out of dust of the earth. And then after man gets kicked out of the Garden of Eden, it says, by the sweat of your brow, you shall eat bread until you return to the earth. For from it you, you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So the very idea, I mean, the very fact that we call a person Adam, Adam meaning man, but from the word Adama, from the earth, is a constant reminder that our nature is, uh, at least the part of our nature is as a physical being. And what it seems like Marcus Aurelius is reflecting on is not just the fact that he's going to die, but the fact that he emerged from physicality and he's going to go back into physicality. And the very fact that he is mortal stems from the fact that he's a physical being. So it's not just a reminder of mortality, it's a reminder of mortality and the fact that you are a physical being subject to physical things. Uh, and, uh, and that puts a different spin on it. You know, like when you find yourself again, let's say getting injured or getting old or, or, uh, or, you know, not having, uh, uh, developed to a certain point yet, then you have to remember what your nature is. Not only are you a mortal being, you are a physical being subject to physical, the limitations of physicality. And that should also, uh, moderate some of your expectations that you have. And, um, and uh, and give you perspective. And the last thing he mentions, I, I'm going to try to end the episode soon, but he says that um, that uh, he mentions the earth which bears my footstep and my misusing it for so many purposes. So that's something like, that maybe we should think about here, which is that how does this particular way of uh, this particular mode of memento mori of remembering your mortality uh, of the fact that you're a physical being, what is that? How do, how is that integrated with this insight that I have been misusing my physical body or my physical life for so for so long? Um, let's leave that as a question. I don't know if I'll come back to it next time, but it is something that uh, I haven't worked out yet. And uh, you know, if you have any thoughts, let me know. 
Uh, that is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss and my Zelle and PayPal are MattSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of Torah content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnayweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading, and thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.